G'day, this is Macca. G'day, this is Tom Thompson ringing from an hour south of Sweden, an hour south of Stockholm. In Sweden? Yep. How are you, Tom? Very good. What are you doing? Tell You better tell us what you're doing there. Um, well, I've just gotten in from riding 32 kilometres on a penny-farthing bicycle. Why? <laughs> um, because I came to Sweden to go to school for six months mm-hmm. and I found out that there was a race on and I ride them back in Australia, so I thought I'd give it a go and ended up winning it. Well, <laughs> well that's good. Um, so how old are you, Tom? I'm 14. And, you, and you're in Sweden, what, to go to school for what, for a year or something? Uh, no, to go to school until January. Uh-huh. How come? What's that all about? Um, well, I, I'm currently in grade nine, and my family said, would you like to go to school in Sweden for six months? And I said... As they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. said, it could be could be at school here or I could be at school over there. So I picked to come to school over here. Yeah. So I went overland through India, Sri Lanka, Dubai, through the Suez Canal, to Greece, to Spain, to Portugal, and then here to Sweden. Wow. There you go. Um Great experience for you, you know. And so, what's it like going to school in Sweden? Um, very good. Um, it's a bit difficult with the language barrier, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. I bet it is. But um, so how do you get over that language barrier? Do you speak any Swedish at all? Or? Um, no, not really. Um, over here they are taught basic English, so. Kind of, you just speak slowly and they'll understand it, hopefully. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what sort of subjects, are you doing the same subjects you do in Australia? or Where do you go to school in Australia, um, by the way, Tom? Sorry. Um, I go to Palm Beach, Crumbin State High. Oh, in Queensland, right. Yep. Yep. Um, over here I'm doing kayaking. <laughs> How good would that be? That's the sort of subjects I wanted to do at school, kayaking, and um, yeah, English and science. All right, I see. Kayaking is it, is that a big subject over there? Kayaking. Ah, uh, yes. New Shopping is the centre for kayaking in Sweden. Wow, there you go. The I club, th- the the club that I'm in in Sweden has thirteen gold Olympic medals. Wow. So tell me about the penny. How did you get involved in penny farthing? It's not. It's not a, actually a. A growing sport, or, or is it? I'm not sure. Tell me about penny farthings, um, Tom. It is. It is growing a little bit. Um, they're becoming more and more popular. Uh, but I got into it. I saw it one day, just riding around town, and I was like, I'd like to do that. So I had a friend who had one, and I tried to ride it. I ride it first time, and then. About two months later, my dad built me two in the garage and then I started riding. Then I went and started racing Mm. and it all went from there pretty much. Wow. So you you went in a race over there in Sweden 
Um, yeah. Whereabouts? Where are whereabouts are you staying and going to school in? New Sharping. Yes. It's an hour southeast of Stockholm. Uh huh. And um, and uh, you saw this race and you thought, well, I'll give that a go. And the way you went. Yeah, away I went and ended up winning it by eight minutes. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it could be a new career for you. Yeah, I I know they have penny farthing as a as a little novelty piece in. You know when they have uh, heritage um, festivals and stuff in various towns around the place, but um, it's sort of a a cycling thing whose time has come and gone, I suppose. Although cycling is bigger than ever, isn't it? Just generally riding bikes. Yeah, hundred percent. Cycling's gotten so big, it's like another career, pretty much. Yeah, I'll say you could do that as a subject at school too, <laughs> along with kayaking. Yes, yeah. cycling, kayaking, and swimming—my so- perfect subjects. <laughs> So, Tom, you went to Sweden. Were your parents going to Sweden or they just said might be a good idea for you you to go to Sweden? Is, is everybody well, over there or they, you, you're there on your own? Come, they came with me for the first six months of the year and mm. then I'm staying with old friends of mum and dad over here for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And then they come back in December and pick me up because I'm not allowed to fly international. I'm too young. Oh, right, on your own, you mean? Yeah, on my own. So you're, you're 14, are you, Tom? Yep, 14. There you go. All right, so how's life in Sweden? Is it good, uh, nice, uh, apart from school, I mean, and, and riding penny farthings, is it good uh, knocking around in, um, yes, wherever you are? It's very nice. We're on the archipelago in Sweden, and it's been very, very hot the last couple of days. Yeah, I've I've seen thirty four. Yeah, and that's unusual for over there, isn't it? it? Doesn't get yeah up that high. Yeah. All right, Tommy. Well, uh, nice to talk to you. Anything else to report that people in Australia need to know? Um, not really. It's beautiful over here. It's brilliant for a holiday. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind, Tom. Good on you, mate. Okay, thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye. Uh, an email from Ben. Ben says, I represent the Air Charter Operators uh, of Australia as the Director of Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Last Saturday, CASA grounded the Australian-built GA Air Van in response to a fatal crash in Sweden this week, or the week before. The Swedes have fully identified the faulty component and it's already the subject of a maintenance instruction which the owners of the aircraft hadn't complied with. America's FAA haven't grounded the aircraft. Um, it's all very tragic and it's the hand of CASA again and a risk-averse Australian public service that will unnecessarily cause the closure of this, uh, says Benny. Um, Look, I don't know anything about it, but I know um, my uh, guest will. It's uh, Dick Smith. Good morning, Dick. Hi, hi, Mac. Great to be talking to you. Yeah, you too. Um, You've got a busy morning, but uh, did you hear about this thing with the GA air van and what's the story? What's with that? Yeah, look, I don't have the full information. I suppose you can say that uh, someone at CASA would be very concerned. But, uh, look, I'm going to call for a Royal Commission into CASA because it's so bad. They've destroyed basically country aviation, as we know. And we saw what happened with that Bank Royal Commission where the banks had destroyed lots of small businesses. Well, it's very similar with CASA. And someone, we really have to look into it and find out what's going on. I've also got another email here about... Um asking me to ask you um, or send this to you um, 
Do you think Dick Smith would be able to lend a hand to fight to keep Warnervale Airport open? Now, uh, I don't know anything about Warnervale Airport. What's, there's lots of little airports around Australia, isn't there? But um, Yes, it, look, it's absolutely terrible. Warnervale, you now have to give two days' notice if you want to land there. It's just unbelievable. And uh, people who live underneath the path of Warnervale Airport, that's been there for years, are now objecting to Warnervale Airport. The problem is that we're not going to have airports for jobs for young people and then people are then going to be flying around in the airlines and say, oh, why have we got all these pilots from overseas and they don't seem to be very experienced? Well, that will be the reason. Remember when we were at Shepparton? Um, we flew into Shepparton that day and we met those young blokes who were training. I think that was at Shepparton, wasn't it? They were... It was Shepparton. They're probably you know, now airline pilots and we grow the best airline pilots in the world. But as I've discussed with you, I think... About half the flying schools now in Australia are uh, Chinese-owned. Amanda Hennessy and Ray Hanbrook, they've just sold their flying school to the uh, Chinese, and so it's, it's not good, I don't think. What, uh, what is it with CASA, do you think, Dick? I mean, I know you've got a thing about CASA, but um, I've talked to people over the, around the place from up in the Gulf of uh, Queensland, uh, all over the place, uh, out in the Flinders Ranges. Um, they all, uh, and they're flying flights in, you know, yep. in they're flying or trying to make a living um, taking tourists around, but they say it's just very, very expensive. And yeah, I tell you what, the main reason is in the Civil Aviation Safety Authority Act, it says the word the most important consideration must be safety. Now, anyone who's listening knows that quite often the most important consideration is cost. Of course, when it comes to the airlines, the CAS is happy to say, well, we've got to look at cost. But when it comes to general aviation, they tend not to. So they just have more and more expensive rules. Now the flying training organisations have to pay for so much red tape, it's basically unviable. You can't operate a school. Um what sort of chance, chance do you think you've got? Because I know you've uh, run the gamut of various ministers for transport over the years, um, you know, the last 10 or 20 years, who most yeah, of them look, have, haven't been really uh, supportive, have they? No, no. Look, it's been normally in the National Party and they've never been supportive of country aviation. It's the most amazing thing. Michael McCormack, I mean, I can't get over. Barnaby Joyce had agreed to change the Civil Aviation Safety Act so it re- reflected the truth. But uh, when... Um, Michael McCormack got in. He's the Deputy Prime Minister and responsible for aviation. He immediately reversed it. And uh, they have an act, something changing the act going in Parliament at the moment, but it leaves those offending words. And the offending words, the most important consideration must be safety, means that CASA, when it comes to the weak, that's small businesses, individual owners, can just screw, screw, screw with extra safety, more cost, and in the end you go broke. The other thing that I noted in the paper, I, I, when I'm on the road, of course, and you, I, I scan the papers quickly, but I've, I've noticed over the last week or two that Scott Morrison's talking about the public service and how it must be more accountable. Um, that's ob- that's Surely that is um, a light in the, at the end of the tunnel. Well, it would be. I hadn't heard that. That's quite fantastic. And uh, we just need a Prime Minister who says, look, if you look at any graph showing general aviation, it's coming way down. And whereas airline passengers are going up because... If you have even higher costs with airline passengers, you've got 30 million passengers. So, you know, $30 million lost is a dollar a passenger. But when it comes to all those small aviation businesses, add a couple of thousand dollars or 10 grand to their costs, and that could be their profit, and they go out of business. The other, on a brighter note, Dick, um, you're, uh, you're flagging off the Variety Club bash today, which you sort of started in 86, didn't you? Yes, the 35th anniversary bash. I started it because, Macca, I 
always wanted to go on a Red X trial, those wonderful <laughs> trials around Australia. Weren't they amazing? When I was old enough to go on a Red X trial, there weren't any more Red X trials. So I opened up sort of the, the ultimate Red X trial where you could cheat and lie and bribe and raise money for charity, and they've really gone well. Gone well. I mean, how much? How much money have they? Thirty-five years. They've now raised over two hundred million. I'm out at, at uh, Bondi Beach now. I've got to admit this: it's the first time in my life I've been to Bondi Beach. That's <laughs> not. I'm, I'm Come on. Yep. And uh, there's beautiful girls out here. I noticed. I've flown past <laughs> it in the helicopter lots of times, but I've never been here. Anyway, I'm flagging off the cars in about half an hour's time here at Bondi Beach. And young Stuart will be uh, yeah, heading off too. Stuart uh, is the um, sort of the CEO of the, of the Bash, isn't he? Yep, yep. Uh, look, there'll be so many people here. Tony Hashem's coming because he really expanded the Bash after I came up with the first one. So there's lots of people around. You're not going on it, Dick. You're just flagging it off. Yeah, I'm just flagging it off and uh, I won't be going on it. Maybe I'll come on another one before I pass away. What do you remember of that first one you went on? Yeah, it was with John uh, Singo and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a fantastic one. John Singleton to show up. He turned over his plane. I oh, know his, uh, his car. And uh, we, we had a wonderful group of people and uh, it was just the most ultimate fun adventure in the world. It was Burke to Burke Town. So now they always go from B to B. Yeah, and it's you said you had fun, but look, I've been on a few of them, and everybody has fun. It's just a it's a marvelous thing, Dick. You come up with some good ideas, and that was that was one of your best, I reckon, mate. It really was one of the best, and the fact that it's raised over two hundred million for variety—that's been just fantastic. Good on you. Good luck. Say good day to Stuart Telfer for me. I will. Lovely. I'll talk to Stuart. Bye bye. Great to talk to you, Macca. Thanks, mate. Bye. We were by the side of the road the other day, and uh, and I met this bloke. Come and meet him. I'm standing beside the War- is it the Warren Bungle Highway. We're at Cooler, aren't we? Yeah, we're at Cooler. What's your name? Uh, Michael. Michael, I see a big patch of oil all under your truck. What's going on here? Uh, pulled up for breakfast this morning and uh, got out and walked around the side of the truck and thought that don't look good, and looked underneath and uh, plugged in the sump has come adrift and it's down the road somewhere and. Uh, well, the oil's come out of the motor. Just fortunate I'd stopped here to walk across the road to the uh, top servo at Cooler for uh, breakfast, and uh, this is where it happened rather than uh, down the Ragus. Otherwise, I probably would have stuffed the motor. Michael, you're carrying hay, loads of hay. Tell me about, where's this from? This is straw. Some of it came from just north of Storwell in Victoria. The other come from just out of uh, Turret, which is south of Owen in uh, northwest Victoria. I'm my way up to Armadale for... Uh, Drought relief feed. Are you with hay runners or? No, 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 not with them. Um, no, we're just private uh, transport company moving hay from Western Victoria up to the New England. One place just out of Armadale, another place just out of Walker. I've been averaging two a week for the last uh, month, so yeah, it's been a bit busy. You could go anywhere. When you look around here, it's dry as, isn't it? It is. Yeah, up around here is dry. Up uh, Armadale, New England way, yeah, dry as buggery. Western Victoria looks fairly good at present, but they've been fortunate they had a fair bit of rain the last couple of months. I shouldn't ask you how life on the road is, Michael, because you're stuck by the road. How long have you been on the road? Well, I first started driving trucks over 40 years ago. Retired and went back to the farm. Went back to driving trucks. Retired went back to the farm. <laughs> um, <laughs> things on the farm have been a bit tough lately so yeah I'm back on the road again and diesel's in your blood <laughs> yeah well probably if it's not a truck on the highway it's a tractor in the farm so yeah 
you could say diesel's in the blood, yep. And the trucks are touching one another, the hay trucks, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of us a lot of us moving it on the road. As I said, there's, um, well, this is just straw, but it fills the gut of a cow or a sheep. Yeah, fortunately, Western Victoria's uh, had a good season last year, and, yeah, they've got a fair bit of straw and a bit of hay down there, and there's places that need it, so, yeah, it's moving. So when do you reckon you'll get on the road? Uh, how long's a piece of string? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I've been talking to the boss, and hopefully... Uh, He's got the parts I need back in Yass. Fortunately, there is another truckload of hay down there, which has got to go up to virtually the same place I'm going to. With a bit of luck, who's on the road now gets up here late this afternoon or tonight. I get going either tonight or in the morning. And uh, It's Jones Transport. Where's home for you, Michael? Just out of Yass, southern New South Wales. So you travelled down to Vic and up here and back yep, on yep. the road again? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, good luck, Michael. I hope you get repaired soon. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you. And, uh, yeah, put a face to the name on the radio. No, it's not, not important, Mike. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thank you. No worries. All the best. Have a good Thank one. You. I met Courtney. Courtney was on a quad bike with her dog, Penny. Lovely, lovely, lovely. She's got a lovely voice, Courtney. So we stopped by the side of the road and I spoke to Courtney and I said... I'm, I'm who I am, and she said, yeah. "No way." Yeah, no That's way. Me. Who's this? This is Penny. And what? Who are you? Courtney. How are you, Courtney? Courtney, Hello. ladies and gentlemen, Courtney's uh, on a quad bike. Yes. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Uh, we just moved from sheep this morning. Mum's got a mob up the ahead of you. She's got them out on the road feeding them, and yeah. I just took some lambs away. It's a bit dry, isn't it? Yes, very mm. ordinary. Very ordinary. Yeah, the further you get from Coonabarabran, it looks, especially on that road, it's really terrible. Yes, we're in a very good patch here at the moment, we're quite blessed, mm. but Coona, yeah, north, south, east and west is not that great. And you're a you're a farmer, Courtney, or you go to school, or you go to uni, or what? Uh, I work at Perth House Rural five days a week, and then oh. we're at home on the farm with mum. Yeah. When's it going to rain, Court? <laughs> well, I've got a carton of beer with a client, mm. I bet that it's going to rain in the middle of August. Well, that's good. That'll give a lot of hope to a lot of people. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> Lovely doggins, yeah. It's nice out. Beautiful weather. If it wasn't so dry, it'd be beautiful, wouldn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah. What makes you tick, Courtney? What do you like to do? Camp drafting is probably our sport mm. at, of choice. Where do you do that? All over the place or just local? Or? Yeah, we travel around a bit now. We're sort of New South Wales. We cover on our weekends off. All right, Courtney. Uh, nice to talk to you. Um, well, to catch up with Mum, we'll lay up the road. Yes, you will. You can yeah. catch up with her. All right. Nice to meet you. You too. We just did the dance last night in Coonabarabra and you should have come. <laughs> the rain dance? Yeah. <laughs> we played for it. It was good. Did it help? Did it going to work? I don't know. No. Well, it was lifted spirits. It was we had. It was a dual thing. It was lifting spirits and the rain. We got one out of two, so that wasn't bad. <laughs> that, got to take what you can get <laughs> these exactly. days. Good on you, Courtney. Nice to meet you. You too. Thank see, you. See you. G'day, this is Macca. Okay, Macca, it's uh, Greg Goodman, surveyor. Um, I called you a few months ago when you were with Kieran Kelly and talking about the passing of George Bennett, the, the professor of surveying at the University of New South Wales. But anyway, this, this morning I'm in Bandy. I'm just standing in the street in Bandy watching the kangaroos trying to find somewhere to eat up here. Um, How good would that be? We should all be in the main street of Dirrambandi. It'd be a, <laughs> it'd be an eye-opener for all of us, wouldn't it, eh? Oh, it, 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 it really is. So, Macca, uh, you were just saying that uh, you're a person that can't do anything. Well, I, mean, I understand understand all that. But why, why I'm calling is a couple of reasons. Uh, I'm just on the way home from the big red bass out out uh, in the Simps- edge of the Simpson Desert there. And really, if you want to see people that can do something, it's those people out there that put that together. 9,000 people, 30 k's west of, of Birdsville. And it, uh, you know, the... 
just just that the, the happening, the logistics of it all, uh, the staging, the musicians, you know, the nine thousand people that get together is a, a truly awesome event. Um, but I was that, I was really lucky. Um, some years ago, probably maybe the mid two thousands, you were playing a song by Neil Murray called "Good Light in Broom." Yep, Neil Murray was on, and he did a fantastic live version of "Good Light in Broom." Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, then the oils went off on the last night. Uh, the long-term follower of the all since the 70s when they used to play around uh, around Wollongong. Um, so it was great to see them. But what, what, what really is astounding or astonishes me is just the um, the resilience of a lot of the little towns like Windora, uh, Coopy, Stargamindra, Yulo, and here in Deer and Bandy, uh, just how they feed off 9,000 people going out there and coming back again and try and you know, make a few dollars and... Take, for instance, Thargaminda. It's everybody in Australia should go to Thargaminda and just see what the, what the of community is. Of course. Well, I say that all the time here, if you, you know, because you're listening to me. We should yeah. all be in Thargaminda as well, and yeah. Derrimbandi and all those joints. Yeah. And Coonabarabran and everywhere. All over. Go on, sorry. Um, yeah, so you know, just the community and the, the local council and the government, the state government in Thargaminda, they've got together and they've, they've built this walk around that opened last September around town along the, uh, the Baru, Baku River, um, and they're just so welcoming, and uh, it, it, it really is fantastic. Um, you know, yesterday we, I stopped at Bolon, which is between um, Kanamala and St George, and probably had the best hamburger I ever had for lunch. Uh, and the people were welcoming, it was friendly, you're walking in the little street there, everyone's talking, uh, and it's just great to be out here. But really, um, but, you know, we went down through... South Australia and up past, up through the Flinders Ranges up the Birdsville Track, coming around the long way. But here in Deer and Bandry in, in Ballonshire, uh, it's tragic. It really is tragic, the drought. I, I come from Young originally and been around a bit, I guess, but I've never seen anything as dry as this. Um, the lady in the pub is, who has moved from the Gold Coast recently, been there eight months to take up the licence there, said they've had three mil in eight months. And it's, you know, it's come at about half a mil or, <coughs> excuse me, or a quarter of a mil a time. The bloke in the caravan park we were staying, no real rain for five years, no flood rain for seven years. And it, it, the kangaroos are in town trying to find something to eat. Yeah, um, that, yeah that's the, um, reminds me of the bloke who was in the territory and he said the, the donkeys come through town and it was in the dry season and they were, they were so hungry they were eating the hay out of the air conditioning units on the side of the houses. You know, they have this sort of stuff with, with hay, but that was that was you know five years ago. But anyway, I, I get your drift. I'm, yeah, it's um, it's tragic, but um, we just hope for rain, don't we, Greg? Well, they do. Um, you know, everybody says rain will come again, and it probably will. But let's hope it's you know much sooner rather than later, Macca. And you know, the, the regional Australia, and I said the last time I was speaking to you, has so much to offer. And you know, we really got to get the people out of the cities and just see what goes on in the country and the country towns and. Um, you know, it, it, it really is heart-rendering stuff out here. We should um, be in the main street of Derrimbandi with you. The other place I, I always like to go is Tambo. There's a lovely hall there, and I want to take my band there and play in the hall. It's a beautiful big hall with a lovely lovely wooden polished floor, but um, it's miles from anywhere. But they've, I think they've you know, they've got grass around there because they've had some rain. But um, Yeah, there are, there are, there are, I've heard you talk about Tambo, and yeah, I was going to get there sometime, but there are, there are patches. Um, where you know out, out around Cunnamulla it looks pretty good, um, and other areas. But you, this is dry. This really is dry up here, and 
but the people are upbeat, and you know everyone says rain will come. So let's hope it does, Nanka. Great yeah. to be out here. Yeah, I bet it is, mate. Are, we sh- are you going to have breakfast? Can you get breakfast in Dirrambandi? Is that is that a possibility? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bakery down there, so we tried. We had a feed in the pub last night and a few beers. Um, get some petrol here, and there's a bakery that's open this morning, so we'll go down and have a cup of coffee and get my wife, Kath, wants a, a vanilla slice. There's a bit of a, a vanilla slice festival going on up here. Just down the road, there's polo cross happening. It's packed. So life goes on uh, without the rain, but, um, you know, it'll come sometime, let's hope. All right, good on you, Greg. Great to talk to you, mate. Nice to nice to have you call us. Um, we always like a call from Durham Bandy or wherever. Good on you, mate. Good on you, mate. Come and meet these people. What's your name? Ron Sullivan. Are you from where? Pearly War. Pearly War and our program go back a long way. There used to be a bloke called Bert. He lived at Pearly War. Bert Griffiths? I don't know. I suppose it was. Yeah, yeah Bert Griffiths. He was a really funny man. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. <laughs> well, he, he lived in the school there. He came up. I'll tell you the story about him. He was chairman and he was director of Federation Insurance. And he it was back in just after the Vietnam War came. Abe Saffron, he was in charge of the insurance. You read, Abe Saffron turned up there with a few birds from burning down the pink pussycat. And, he, and Bert said, no. He said, you burned it down yourself. <laughs> so the next morning he got a shotgun blast through the back window. Wow. And then Abe came back again and said, uh, I want my money. But it said, no, I'm not paying. What did he owe him? Something like four million. This was the insurance money. He was Bert was running the insurance, oh, right. Federation Insurance, which has got a lot to do with farming. Mm. And he said, no, I'm not paying. In the meantime, another blast went through the front door. And then a, a man this is that, out at Pearly Wall. At Pearly Wall, where you would have come past today. <laughs> and he said, I'm going... He had to come up here because he, a man that worked for him at Wobbegar died. And he was went to the funeral. And he was running early, so he went into the hotel at uh, Imperial down here, saw this old school property for sale at Longridge, Pearly Wall. And he said, Abe Saffron will never find me here. <laughs> so he lobbed up out there at the sale, bought the, it's the old school, bought the school and stayed there for the rest of his life and he and I had a great time. He was really a wonderful... He used to ring up because he had two great Danes and we used to re- ring, this, yeah. ring this bell and when yeah. the bell, they thought it was the front gate so they ran around and they would run, the, these great Danes would run down the front gate, nothing, then they'd come back and they'd hear the radio ringing this bell That's and they, he said, Mackie, you owe me two radios. These great Danes <laughs> have destroyed my radios. He was like, used to ring up now and again, lovely That's fellow. What, yeah, yeah, I never met him. A straight story. Like, yeah. uh, he, that's right on the end of our property, and that's where I put the sign up for you this morning. <laughs> Good on you. It's nice. How's things? Dry? Ah, oh, dry, but it, uh, we're getting a lot of support from mm. the community, and it will break. It always does, and mm. it's just a matter of getting through the, to that stage. And uh, you see something like tonight, it's a wonderful experience yeah. to get the people together. Look, they're all happy. Yeah. No one's down in the dumps, and uh, we'll just get there when the rain comes. And <laughs> In the meantime, we'll do the best we can. <laughs> Good on you. Your name again? Ron Sullivan. Good on you, Ronnie. Nice to talk to you. That's a great B- story. From Bingo. Good on you. <laughs> Kate's in Narrabeen. Morning, Kate. Uh, hi, Maka. How are you going? Yeah, not bad. Oh, awesome. Yeah, the weather's so lovely here. It's wonderful. What are you doing in Narrabeen? Um, so I'm 
one of the doctors at Westmead Kids Hospital, and we've got a fundraiser today called Leaping Livers, mm-hmm. where we have around um, about 350 plus people walking around Narrabeen Lagoon, raising money and awareness for liver and organ transplantation. Uh huh. And that's why it's called Leaping L- Livers. Leaping... Yeah, Leaping Livers, Lapping the Lagoon. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> big crowd, yeah, you'll get a crowd there. Yeah, we've got sort of 350-plus people and people still registering now to walk around the lagoon. So, Kate, how did you get involved in... Uh, how did you become a doctor? Uh, well, I, um, I sort of always wanted to be a doctor when I realised you could be a doctor for kids and then I realised you could be a doctor for kids and give them new livers. I thought that was sort of the best thing you could do. So, um, yeah, wanted to do it ever since I could remember. And uh, lots of people need livers, don't they? And they they need kidneys and all those sort of things, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So um, at Westmead Kids Hospital last year, we transplanted um, over, I think we did around 30 livers last year um, for kids with Mm. liver disease. Um, So that's a pretty busy year for us. And I think we're one of the biggest pediatric transplant centres in Australia here at Sydney. And what sort of a operation is that? Is that uh, long, complicated? Um, yeah, yeah, how so, long, how long yeah. That um, so the operation itself can take anywhere between 8 to sort of 14 plus hours, depending on wow. the complexity. Mm. So our surgeons are pretty special people, and they've got a really amazing team of doctors and nurses and allied health staff um, all helping them take care of these really special patients. Yeah. Well, good luck to you, Kate. Thank good, you so much. Good luck and to you. And thank you to everyone that has come out to support, um, yeah, and, our, our uh, work today. And people can still come along? Yeah, they can still come along. We'll be down here at Berry Reserve um, at Narrabeen um, probably until around midday. Um, there's a sausage sizzle afterwards. Um, and we've got bandage there from the hospital and lots of... Um, yeah, lots of good cheer and, yeah, lots of good people you can come and have a chat to. Good on you, Kate. Good luck. Oh, thanks, Maka. Thanks it's, for the support. It's a pleasure. Good right, on you. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. In the studio with me this morning, I've got Earl and Sally Shield. You'll just come in a little bit closer. Hi, Maka. Earl. How are you going, Sally? <laughs> yeah, good Yeah, good, thanks. Where are you from, you two? We're Aberdeen. from Aberdeen. Uh, uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yeah, Aberdeen. Up the uh, road. You're not Scottish, are you? Or? No. 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 Yeah. Um, what do you what What do you do in Aberdeen? What happens in Aberdeen for the rest of us? Um, well, Earl's a, to... Earl's a school teacher at at Scone High School. Uh, at came, Scone, right? Yeah, came to teaching late in life. Being what uh, do you teach, Earl? I teach mathematics. How are kids reacting to maths these days in school? A lot struggle. Mm. Um, and I think that's possibly because we just we don't we don't teach it as well as we could. Mm. Uh, I think, um, and, and I think it's maths has got a bad rap, and and I think there's a lot of kids whose parents say to them, "Well, I've never used algebra since school." And yes, so I'm talking to Earl and Sally Shield from Aberdeen, <laughs> which is up the road from here in Musselbrook. I'd really like to encourage people out there to get their kids and grand grandkids and great grandkids to be doing their tables again mm. because that's a that's a big thing well, that I've seen yep, in maths. There's, exactly. I mean, there's there's rap tables on tapes. You can do it. You know, there's pictures, there's music, and it's so important because so many I of think, Earl's I think students exactly right. in high school they don't know, so it affects so many so much of the rest of it. We started we started with these little grandkids of Lee's, you know. Uh, uh, 
there was ten in the bed and the middle one said roll over so they all roll over and one fell out so they go ten minus one so it's nine so they just so they get the other thing this girl in a tower I, I said to her and I said what are you doing she said I'm doing so and so and so and I said how's your maths because I'm obsessed with maths of course she said, oh, we don't do maths. She said, we, we didn't have to do maths. You do have to do it now, but there was a time, in I think, in the 90s where you could opt when you did your final two years not to do maths. You so still don't have to do it. It's still don't you have to? Oh, yeah, that's, it's, not, it's not compulsory. Because I think you should have to do it, even if you struggle with it or it's hard, because in life you've always got to do something that you don't like to do or is hard to do or requires a bit of struggle. So, But she said they have to do it now. Well, so maybe it was at well, that school, but... Individual schools can choose that sort of thing. At, at, at my school, we in year 11, you have to do maths. This is Scone High School. Scone yeah. High School. We, mm. You have to do maths at, in year 11. Mm. But then when they come to year 12 and they can drop some units, they can choose to leave maths behind. Uh-huh. But in year 11, everyone does it. Unless, of course, you've got... And there are other opportunities, but, but just about everybody does it. Sally, you've always <coughs> lived in Aberdeen? No, we've only been here two years. We mm. came here from Dubbo. Um, we moved, both grew up in Sydney, and mm. when we were first married, Earl was working for Shell, and so we moved to Dubbo, and that's when we discovered you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been Macca groupies ever since the late no, you're 80s. you're Australian groupies. You like listening, just like <laughs> yeah, I do. do. That's why I like we talking do. to We do, and yeah. it's great. You know, moving out to the bush, you know, past the sandstone curtain was the best thing that we ever did. But <laughs> the no, great divide. That's right, but we've only been here two years, and yeah, I... I work in aged care. I play games all day. I'm an, mm. um, what do they call it, a diversional therapist, I think. Mm. And uh, so that's a great that's a great thing to do too. Yeah, and they say rain never comes over the Great Divide. And yeah, that's true. At the moment it seems like it's true. Um, I hope it doesn't stay that way, but uh, yeah, anyway. Well, I hope you like my lemon curd biscuits too. Oh, they <laughs> lemon, yeah. Well, I will. I'm starving. You get start when you're... All- <laughs> When you're away, and nothing's opened early in the morning, so we'll have breakfast at uh, 10 o'clock. But lovely to talk to you both. Thanks for the dissertation on mathematics. <laughs> um, I, yeah, well, as I say, I think everybody should do it. It's really hard for some people yeah. to struggle at. But, but I'm just sure some people just, you know, the, the yeah. great brains of the world, you know, Sir Isaac Newton and mm. stuff, you know, just amazing. They just look at problems. Well, it's, it's, it's that same thing that you were talking about before. Some people can fix things and invent things and mm. some people have these extraordinary mathematical brains and just see it how it all fits together. And some people struggle with their panel yeah. in yeah. front of them and <laughs> keep pressing the wrong buttons. Yeah. Earl and Sally, nice to talk to you. Yeah. Thank, thanks you for, too. Thanks, for, thanks, thanks Macca. That's a pleasure. Thanks for coming in. I'm talking to Jason Green. I'm in Corindai. Lovely morning. Uh, Jason, what do you do here? Ah, uh, train driver, Macca, yeah. Wow, they're going past all the yeah. time. I wish that one had <laughs> just gone past, blowing his... <laughs> Could have got the sound of the horn going. The, these are the coal trains, basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 they're the ones... And I are... saw the XPT the other day. Is yeah, that... yeah, still runs a service out from here to Sydney. Yeah, so. between Tamworth, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Armidale. Armidale. Oh. Yeah, so it splits at Werris Creek still, and it goes up the, to Moree from there and up to Armidale, and then joins together and heads down to Sydney. How long have you been doing that? I'm only new to it, so just under two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Good. I used to do maintenance on them before that. How many carriages on those trains? Yeah, so running about 88 wagons there, and um, yeah, between oh, between 72 and 88. And it goes into here. Newcastle, does it? Yeah, yeah, all down to the Kooragang, Port Waratah. So. 
So how many a week do you do of those? Oh, they're just going around the clock now. Mm. So um, five different trains running, like up this area. And So yeah. were you originally from here, from Greendoy? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grew up out near Blackville. Yeah, mum and dad, long-time locals. We actually caught you... Crindai show here in when was that last? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I would have been ago. about ten, I think. So it's probably looking <laughs> about fifteen years, years ago. ago. Yeah, fifteen or twenty years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. We used to get a lot of calls from. You should give us a ring one Sunday morning, Chase. We used to get a lot of calls from train drivers. Some, and I remember some on the Nullarbor, but uh, and some going through the Adelaide Hills. And a bloke would ring up invariably at a certain time of year, probably spring or something. And he said, "Oh, we can't move, Mecca. We're slipping, slipping back because of the millipedes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they mitigated that problem. Now they actually got millipede removers put on the trains to um, try and maintain traction for them. So. Get the pests out of on the way. your on your trains here too. Yes, yep. So yeah, it must because, be a yeah. common problem around Australia. Yeah, millipedes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't. Had, I haven't had a call from him. He'll probably be listening this morning, that bloke, and he'll probably tell me the story. Millipede removers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, a... <laughs> it's like crash testing tomatoes. They do that too. <laughs> All right, Jason. Well, good right. on you, mate. What are you? Cl- who are you collecting for? So I'm doing fundraising for MND. Mm-hmm. We're um, I'm part of the fireys in town, and yeah, we do a stair climb once a year with all the other fireys around the state and country and I can't, New Zealand. I'm, I'm busy that day. I'm oh, sorry. Well, you know, we could get you a little run. <laughs> <laughs> Problem is there's no partway because we're going up Centrepoint Tower. Oh, wow. Yeah, when, and when's so that? That's in November, 9th of November. You better come and see so, us. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch. I'll clap. Yeah, now the yell. <laughs> no, it's a great, great day, actually. The... Um, we all get together and raise a few funds, and we've had quite a few people in town with MND. Another one of those things, though, you're fundraising for. It yeah. makes it tough in the drier communities. Yeah, I'll say. Chase, great to meet you, mate. Yeah, thank you. Give us a ring one Sunday morning on right the train. On. We'll do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good on I've you. just lost a carriage or something like that. <laughs> <I hope> not. <laughs> a wagon, sorry. <laughs> Good on you, Jase. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Listen, when I was in Corindai the other day, I met lots of people. Come and meet Jennifer Lewis. Lovely lady who works out and about in country schools. Interesting lady, lovely story. I'm talking to Jennifer Lewis. I'm in Corindai. There's a dance on tonight, apparently. I might go that. Jen, you're a local girl? Yes, I've been here all my life. Mm. Third generation Corindai. Well, maybe fourth generation Corindai, I would think. Very big family. Um, the whole community is a great family community that we all um, enjoy working together and looking after each other, which is, I guess, what tonight's all about. So we're really looking forward to it. What do you do? I'm a school teacher. At the moment, I work as an instructional leader and I support small schools in our area. One of those schools is called Blackfield School, which is in a small hamlet called Blackfield. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's 10 students attending that school. It's a kindergarten to year six school. It's uh, it's 65 kilometres west of Corindai here, so... um, Unfortunately, Blackfield Township itself is, as I said, it's become a hamlet because with the changes to farming and also with the drought, we've sort of lost a few of our farmers. So we've lost the shop out there, postal services twice a week. So that's still really good for for it. But um, you wouldn't know with our kids because the kids are just the most delightful kids you'd ever come across. And it's a real country atmosphere out there. Nice place to bring little city kids, wouldn't it? I was just saying it's, um, it's such a family atmosphere out there. And we find that we have the older kids 
who um, who will you know help out the younger kids. So sometimes we'll go out there and we'll have the year six boy dressed up as mum, because the you know the kindergarten and year one students they they need a mum. So the, the boys will say, all right, I'll be mum today, and it's just so nice. And that probably doesn't happen in the big city schools, but it's so nice to think that these kids are just look after each other in a real family atmosphere. The other school that I work at is called Warhollow Public School, which is how do you, in how do you spell that? Warhollow W A L H A W L O W. Right. And it's a 100% Indigenous school. Um, and it's in a, a community again, which is called Wahola Community, a community that we are very proud of in our area here because we just have the school itself does, you know, punches above its weight and, um, and our kids just thrive at that small school as well. How many at that school? Uh, there's 25 students at that school. Oh, that's a big school. Yeah, <laughs> that's big compared to our 10. <laughs> so it's just wonderful, yes. So how long have you been teaching? I've been teaching over 30 years, mostly in this area. My, my first job was actually working in Sydney with the wonderful Ted Knoffs. So I started working with Ted Knoffs down at the Wayside Chapel. And then from that, I was involved in his life education van. So I was lucky enough to be the first person out of Sydney in a life education van. And I I was given this Tamworth area. So I was um, absolutely delighted to be able to do that. And it was a big deal in those days because all the communities had to get together and raise a lot of money to get the vans out into our country areas. I've been thinking about teaching and, you know, when I went to school and things like that and and teaching's a wonderful job, but I suppose only if you love it. It's like every job. You know, some people like their job and some people don't like their job. If you like your job, you can find ways to enjoy it, can't you? You've got all these lovely little smiling faces. It's just it's hugely rewarding, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I was just saying to Kill that today I was at another school called Spring Ridge Public School, which is 70 kilometres west again. And how many is there? Uh, I would, I'm just going to guess. I think they might be a bigger school. I think they've got 34 students. And so at that school we had all of the small schools came together and we had a wonderful lecturer from Newcastle University brought all of his, not all of his, 15 of his medical students. And they came out and were just showing the children. They had different stations. So they had a station for occupational therapy. They had a dietitian talking to mm. the children. They had lots of hands-on activities for the kids. So I'm not sure who got the most out of it, the students from the university or the actual children from the three schools. And it's all a part of trying to keep them in the country as well. So we sort of said, oh, gee, you know, imagine being able to live in this area and and your children come to these wonderful little schools. And, yeah, they were absolutely amazed at the amount of energy and excitement that they brought just by coming out to visit the children. It was wonderful. Jennifer, I'll watch your steps tonight with interest in the... (laughs) I can't wait. I'm actually... I'm going to go home now and just practice in front of the mirror a little bit and then I am still going to hope that you can play something I can do the Canadian three-step to because it is my favourite. How does that go? Da, 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 dum, dum. You can start, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, world, I think world. that'll work. That'll work. We, we can do it to anything here in the country. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jenny, great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Macca. That's great. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.